0: Good morning, church. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship together at Faith Community. United Methodists, it's good to be with you this morning. It's good to hear the children and uh, to have them in worship with us. And uh, what a joyous day this is. I invite you to uh, fill out the attendance pads that are in each of the pews. Uh, Fill that out. Pass that along to others that are next to you this morning so that we have a record of your presence here with us in worship this morning. As you do that also, I would uh, highlight the insert, the, the announcement insert uh, with some important announcements on it. We are collecting uh, items for the college care packages to send some care packages to all of our college students, and the box for that is out in the narthex. You can, uh, uh, hopefully you brought your stuff with you today. This is the last day for uh, turning those in. So if you've forgotten you have some things at home, uh, make sure that you get those uh, in here t- uh, by tomorrow for, uh, so that we can put those college care packages together. We have a family night coming up next Sunday. We're going to have a church family night at 5 o'clock in the evening next Sunday. Everybody's invited to that. Come uh, join together for uh, at 5 o'clock for a Halloween-themed uh, uh, family, church family celebration. Uh, dress up in costumes if you want. That would be great to have some people coming in costumes for the party and uh, join together for that uh, time of fun. There's an announcement about our charge conference, which is coming up on Sunday, November 6th. It'll be here in the sanctuary at uh, three o'clock as a regional charge conference, but we are also gonna be meeting, our administrative board will meet in the chapel at two o'clock that day to finish up any uh, business that needs to be finished up prior to our charge conference. The other announcements are in your bulletin. Uh, I encourage you to look those over and take that home with you so that you have uh, that information with you as to what is coming up. We come together this morning to worship God, so let us be uh, in an attitude of worship and praise this morning as the choir brings the music of the intro.
1: Good morning. Would you please stand as you are able for our call to worship printed in your bulletin. Trust in the Lord at all times, O people. God is a refuge for us. God is our rock, and our
2: salvation. We shall not be shaken.
1: God is good, and in God's work we find our strength. We
2: shall
1: And if we can join together in our opening hymn, Rock of Ages, cleft for me, number 361. let us join together in this morning's opening prayer. In every season, God of love and goodness, your steadfast love sustains us. You have brought us here, invited us to become a community of faith, called us to remember that we live and breathe only by the power of your grace in our lives. In this season of Harvest, our hearts are full of gratitude for what your hand has so generously provided us. On this day of promise, then, we look to the future with hope, opening ourselves to your spirit at work in our lives. Be present with us this day and in this time of worship, we pray. Amen.
0: Would the children please come forward and join me up here in the front? And I want you to come all the way, all the way up here this morning. Come, just stand, stand with me up here if you would. Good morning. All right. Got a bunch of kids coming up here. That's great. You can come on all the way up here. You can step all the way up here. I want to ask you, we don't usually have this sitting right in the middle here, but we have it here today. Do you know what this is? You do? It's a, yes, it's for baptizing. It's called a baptismal font. A font is something that holds water, and this is a baptismal font because it's a a font for baptizing. I'm going to take this off so that you can look in there. You see the bowl in there, right? And there's nothing in it right now, is there? Oh, you want to lift him up? That's great. See that? There's nothing in there right now, but we're going to put some water in there. I'm just going to put a little bit of water in there right now so that you can see it. You see that? We're going to use that water for baptizing a baby this morning. Now, I'm, I'm sure that some of you have been baptized, maybe not all of you, but I'm sure some of you have. Do any of you remember your baptism? <laughs> no? You remember his baptism. Well, that's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I don't remember my baptism either, but I do know that I was baptized, and I know that when I was baptized, God claimed me as his child, and with each of you, when you were baptized, God claimed you as his child too, and this water is a reminder that it's through the waters of baptism that God brings us into his church and into his family, and we get to celebrate that with uh, one of his children this morning. Isn't that cool? All right, so will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share the waters of baptism and to celebrate your love that claims us, that invites us into your church. Thank you for your grace that is always with us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so you can go back to your seats, but I want you to be paying attention for this baptism, and I am going to invite those who are presenting Annie for baptism this morning to come forward and join me up here. come on right right behind the font here so that everybody can see you alright yes. <laughs> this is Annie Annie Marie and she is being presented for baptism this morning and so to you who are uh, bringing her forward for baptism I'm gonna ask you to uh, profess your faith uh, as you present her for baptism and and initiate her into this covenant that Jesus has Uh, invited us into. And uh, I want to say to all of us, brothers and sisters in Christ, that through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church, incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without Christ. And so on behalf of the whole church, I ask you who present Annie for baptism, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, say I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, say I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, say I do. And will you nurture this child, Annie, in Christ's Holy Church, that by your teaching and example, she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself, profess her faith openly, and to lead a Christian life. If so, say, I will. will. And this is uh, not just for this family or for uh, these folks up here. You are all a part of this baptism, because in being baptized into the church, Annie is being initiated into this community and a part of our family. And so I ask you, do you, as Christ's body of the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? If so, say we do? And will you nurture one another in the Christian life, faith and life, and include Annie now before you in your care? If so say, with God's help, we will? Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to a land which you have promised. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your Holy Spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and she who receives it, to wash away her sin, to clothe her in righteousness throughout her life, that dying and being raised with Christ, she may share in his final victory. Amen. All right. Will you come to me, Annie? <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I have cold hands, don't I? Yeah. Nice. Oh, okay. Annie Marie, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit work within you that being born of water and the Spirit. You may live and grow as a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ all of your life. Amen. I'm going to take her out here. I'm going to walk around with her a little bit. Maybe she'll like that. Because these are, this whole sanctuary here is full of your family here. And it's not just these folks up here that are related to you by blood, but it's this whole church because these are your brothers and sisters in Christ. These are the people that are going to raise you and teach you about Jesus, teach you about God's love, teach you about the claim that God has made upon you this day, that you are God's child, and these are your brothers and sisters. What a joy it is to invite you and to welcome you into the family. Some of, you, some, of you know, some of you may not know that this gown that Annie is wearing today was made by her grandmother, Julie, from material from Julie's wedding dress, right? And Car- Karen Turner. Karen Turner made them from Julie's wedding dress. So what a, what a blessing it is to have this special gown. All right, I'm going to hand her back to you, but don't leave yet. Okay. And I'm going to ask you all now uh, to, as we welcome Annie into the family, to join me in the congregational response, which is printed in the bulletin. Through baptism, you are incorporated by the Holy Spirit into God's new creation and made to share in Christ's royal priesthood. We are all one in Christ Jesus. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you as a member of the family of Christ. Amen. All right, I'm going to give you this certificate, and we have a Bible, a Bible for you, and a lamb for you. Will this lamb make you happy? <laughs> I'm going to ask you all to turn in your hymnals to page number six, six one one and um, we're going to, there's a nice baptismal hymn here that we're going to sing for Annie, and uh, you can go back to your seats, and as they do, we're going to sing this hymn together. Jim? I'm going to invite those who are joining the membership of the church to come forward and join me up here in the front. We have a couple who are are joining into membership this morning. I'm going to ask you to, if you can, come up here behind the baptismal font as well. If you can join them right up here. This is uh, Debbie Hall. Debbie is transferring from Richland, is that the name of it, Richland United Methodist Church, in, is it in Sardis, uh, or it's Sabina, Sabina. Sabina uh, near Wilmington, and uh, so transferring her membership from there, and we welcome her, and then Jim and Helen Wickline, who, who many of you know, they are the great-grandparents, right, of the baby that was just baptized, and so Uh, What a joy it is to welcome them into membership this day as well. Uh, The first questions that I'm going to ask you are the same questions that were just asked of the family that was up here with the baby because uh, those questions of our faith and of our baptism are the questions by which we enter into the church. And so I ask you now to uh, reaffirm the faith that was professed at your baptism and that you claimed uh, when you became a Christian. And so on behalf of the whole church, I ask you. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, say I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, say I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, say I do. As members of Christ's universal church, coming now to join this local congregation, I ask you, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? If so, say I will. And as members of this congregation, Faith Community United Methodist, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, say I will. I ask you all, Uh, to commend these folks to your love and care. Do all in your power to strengthen their faith, to confirm their hope, and to perfect them in love. Will you join with me in the response that is printed in the bulletin? We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ, and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Welcome, will you welcome our new uh, members of this congregation. I have certificates here for you. This will prove to everybody that you really are members. There you go. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. You can go back to your seats. We're going to turn now to our prayer hymn, and uh, I have some instructions for you with this. This is a a four-verse hymn, and it has a refrain. We're only going to sing the refrain after verse 1 and verse 4. So we will sing verse 1, then the refrain, then we'll sing verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, and then the refrain again. It's number 338 in the hymnal Where He Leads Me. Let us sing together. Yeah. Hey. With him through the judgment. I'll go with him through the judgment.
3: I'll go with him through the judgment. I'll go with him through the judgment. I'll go with him. Go with him,
0: with him he will give me grace and glory. He leads me. Let us bow in prayer. Oh Lord, we do intend to go with you all the way, to follow wherever you lead us. For you have created us, you have fashioned us in, our, in your own image. You have reached out to us and called us into relationship with you. You have been our savior, our protection. And you are the one who has planned out the path before us and knows everything that is best for us, Lord. And so help us to set ourselves aside and our own ideas and desires and to desire only what you want for us, that we may truly follow wherever you may lead. Help us to be your holy people. Help us to minister to one another here in this family that you have given us to be your family in Christ, to care for and love one another, and help us to reach out in concern and love to the world, to invite others into this family. Because we know these blessings are not for us alone, Lord, that you want to bless the whole world, and you desire to bless them through us. And so open us to your spirit, to your leading, that we may do all things according to your will. We pray this in jesus name as we offer to you now the prayer that he has taught us to pray together our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We continue to worship through the giving of our tithes and offerings as the ushers come now to wait upon us. Please join me in the prayer of dedication. Lord Jesus, with gratitude for our belonging to your community of love, we bring these gifts and dedicate ourselves to your mission. Use them according to your will and wisdom, we pray, amen. Please remain standing for the reading of the gospel.
1: Our Gospel lesson for this Sunday is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Word of God for the people of God.
0: gospel lesson that we just read today is a familiar passage, commonly referred to as the Great Commission. It's the charge that Jesus left with his disciples before ascending into heaven. He sent them out into the world to continue his work, to build his church, to spread the gospel throughout the land. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, he commanded, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. As Jesus presents it here, there are two steps involved in making a disciple. Of course, we all know the price, process of discipleship involves a lot more than two simple steps. It's a, a lifelong process. But there are two primary steps that must be attended to, according to Jesus, as we go about fulfilling his commission to make disciples of all nations. Today is a special Sunday for us here at Faith Community because we get to participate in both of those steps this morning. Each week we are engaged in the second step of the process, teaching and learning to obey all that Christ has commanded. That's what hopefully the majority of my sermons are about. It's what many of our Sunday school classes are about. But it's only on rare occasions that we get to participate in the first step baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I want to say something about both of those steps this morning. Both are essential. Both are commanded of us by Jesus. And the order is important, too. It's not a coincidence, and it's not an accident, that Jesus put baptizing first and teaching to obey second. I'll say something about that as well. But first, I want to note a couple of overarching concerns. First of all, The thing that Jesus commissions of the disciples and us to focus on is making disciples. He doesn't talk about making church members. He talks about making disciples. That's not to say that church membership is unimportant. It's just not the goal. Church membership is good and healthy when it helps us to reach that goal, to form us in our discipleship. Church membership is Meaningless, if we think that that's all that matters. This is the time of year when we are preparing for our Charge Conference. One of the things that happens every year at Charge Conference is we read the names of church members who have, well, shall we say, not lived up to their membership vows for several years. They haven't participated in worship for a few years. They haven't contributed financially. They haven't contributed in terms of volunteering their time and their talents. So at the CHARGE conference, their names are read, and following that, they receive a letter from me uh, encouraging them to re-engage with the church, or if they have moved to another church, to transfer their membership. If they don't respond in any way and don't re-engage with the church, then a year later, their names are read again at CHARGE conference, and they are removed from membership. It never fails that someone will be outraged and offended at the suggestion that their church membership might be removed simply because they haven't attended or contributed to the church in any way for over three years. After all, they're related to so-and-so. Let me tell you, if you are so-and-so, and someone in your family gets that letter from me this year, instead of being offended on their behalf, how, you, how about you send them a link to this sermon? Let me say it again. The commission we have from Jesus is to make disciples. Your church membership does not mean a thing if it is not helping you to grow in your discipleship and if you are not doing whatever you can to make more disciples. Let me also say that church membership if it is good and healthy, if we take it seriously, is one of the best ways for both becoming disciples and making disciples. We catch a glimpse of that in our scripture passage for today as well. Pay attention to who is involved in this passage and what is said about them. This is Jesus with the 11 disciples. 11 because Judas had already done himself in and hadn't been replaced yet. When the risen Christ appeared to the eleven on the mountain, it says, They worshipped him, but some doubted. They worshipped him, but some doubted. The only ones there with Jesus were the eleven. And some of the eleven still had doubts. Despite all they had been through, despite all they had seen, despite the fact that Jesus had already proven himself alive to them, still (laughs) some doubts lingered. Two things about that. First, even though those doubts lingered for some, still they stayed together in community. This was their group, people with whom they belonged, to whom they were devoted. They stayed together as a team, and because of that, they were able to overcome those doubts. If those among the 11 who were the ones with doubts And I think it's wise that the Bible doesn't tell us which ones those were that had doubts. It would be near impossible for us not to judge them as somehow lesser among the apostles than the others. If the doubters had left the group because they didn't think they belonged anymore, they may have forever remained doubters. It was staying together with other disciples as a church that allowed them to build each other up in faith, and overcome those doubts. You remember the story of doubting Thomas. He wasn't there the first time Jesus appeared to, the the risen Jesus appeared to the disciples in the upper room. He refused to believe until he saw and touched Jesus for himself. But here's the thing about Thomas. Even though he doubted, still he kept coming back. He came back. To the fellowship of the disciples. And because of that, he was there the next time Jesus appeared. He saw and he believed. Were it not for that community of believers to whom he was committed, Thomas may never have had that revelation. That is one of the ways church membership works to benefit us in our discipleship. Because let's face it, we are going to face moments of doubt. That's why we shouldn't judge those disciples who doubted that day on the mountain. We have those moments too. If we allow those doubts to drive us away from the church, then those doubts will also drive us away from Christ and end our discipleship. But if we are committed to the fellowship, committed to the community of believers, if we stick together despite those doubts, then those who are stronger in faith can minister to those who are going through a dark night of the soul. We all become stronger in our discipleship. Secondly, Jesus doesn't single out the faithful from the doubters when he gives the Great Commission. He gives the commission to all of them. Not as individuals, but as a church. You all of you, supporting one another, drawing from the gifts of each other, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus does not say to the ones who doubted on that day, you need to sit this one out. You're not ready for this. No. He said to all of them, go and make disciples. This commission is given to all of us, no matter where you are in your faith right now, because it is given to to the church and we are all of us all of us who have been called by Christ and have been committed to Christ all who have been baptized in his name we are all together the church you don't get let off the hook just because you don't feel like you're ready or you're not worthy or, or you don't understand the bible well enough or you haven't been a Christian long enough, Jesus doesn't make any of those qualifications or exceptions in issuing his great commission. The mission is to all of the church. Now to the steps. Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, and then he gives them two things specifically to do in order to carry that out. The first of those two steps is baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's a step that I wish we got to take every week. What a blessing it is to be able to do that today because that is the first step in someone becoming a disciple of Jesus. When Jesus was about to embark on his public ministry, the first thing he did Before he went out preaching and teaching, before he healed anyone or performed any miracles, before he called anyone to come follow him, even before he went into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan, the first thing he did was he submitted himself to baptism. Now, why in the world would Jesus need to be baptized? He had no sin to wash away, there was no need for him to be reborn, he was already perfect. The reason he was baptized first before doing any other form of ministry was to set the model of discipleship for all of us to follow. First, before anything else, there is the cleansing grace of God. God is primary. It is God's grace that claims us. God's grace that calls us before we can do anything on our own. In fact, we can't do anything on our own. It is all about God. Baptism is a sacrament by which we are incorporated by God into His church. It is an act of God's grace which claims us, cleanses us, calls us, and launches us into our life of discipleship. When Jesus came up out of the water, a voice from heaven was heard saying, This is my Son, my Beloved in whom I am well pleased. So too, whenever someone is baptized in the name of the Father, or Son, and Holy Spirit, that is God's way of saying, this is my son, this is my daughter, this is my child whom I dearly love, whom I claim this day, and I will be with you until the end. It is a covenant that God makes with us that His grace and His mercy will be upon us. And we, in entering into that covenant, commit ourselves and our loved ones to that covenant. In Acts chapter 16, a woman named Lydia heard the preaching of Paul as Paul proclaimed the gospel of Jesus. Verse 15 says, She and her household were baptized. She and her household. Lydia was the one who came to faith. But it wasn't she alone who was baptized. She had her whole household baptized. Why? Because she wanted her entire household to be disciples of Jesus, and the first step in making a disciple is baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But surely Lydia knew that that alone was not enough. Just like church membership is meaningless apart from discipleship, so too baptism will get you nowhere without the next step in the process, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. I said earlier that the order is important. If Jesus had reversed the order here, first, teach them to obey all that I have commanded you, then baptize. First, get your faith all sorted out, get your life in order, become the perfect Christian, and then you can be baptized... Well, first of all, no one but Jesus would ever have been baptized. We're never going to have it all perfectly figured out. Baptism is not an end point in the gospel. It is the starting point. Baptism is not a destination. It is a launching pad. But secondly, if we were to put our learning and our obedience first, then we would begin to think that faithful Christian living is something that we achieve, that we do it by our resolve by gritting our teeth, by bearing down. That's not it at all. We could not even have taken the first step in being faithful to Christ were it not for God's grace already working within us. Baptism is not something that we attain to or achieve. It is entirely an act of God's grace. And it is by that grace, by God's grace alone, that we are prepared for the next step of the journey, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, Jesus said. This gets to the heart of what discipleship is all about. It's about living like Jesus. It's about being the people God intends for us to be. It's about reflecting Christ to the world in all that we say and do. Once we have been baptized, then we must teach. And what we are to teach is the way of Jesus. This is a lifelong process that we all go through. There is no point in time when you can say, okay, now I know all that I need to know. Because it's not about knowing. It's about living. It's about obeying. It's about drawing ever closer to the image of Christ day by day, as He, by His grace, draws us ever nearer to Himself. It's about learning to follow wherever He leads. This is the commission we have from Him. Again, it's important to remember that this commission is given to the whole church. It would be impossible. I'm not overstating this. I'm not being overly dramatic here. It would be literally impossible For us to be the disciples that Jesus calls us to be without being in community with other Christians. As John Wesley put it, the Bible knows nothing of a solitary Christian. There is no such thing as a solitary Christian. You could sit at home and listen to sermon after sermon on your tablet day after day, and you could have your doctrine all figured out and your beliefs all in line, and you would still not be a disciple of Jesus if you are not connected to a community of faith. Notice I did not say a member. I said connected, engaged, involved. Because the commission of Jesus is something that can only be lived out In community, as we welcome into the family of faith those being baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, as we teach one another and learn from one another, as we challenge one another to observe all that Christ has commanded us, as we hold one another accountable, as we build one another up so that no one must struggle alone, as we reflect Christ to one another as we share grace with one another. These are the things that are needed to make a disciple. Let us take our part in living out that great commission of our Lord. Amen. I invite you now to join in our closing hymn, which is number 714 in the hymn. No stand up if you are able. Uh, It's, I know whom I have believed. Let us sing together. I invite you to please be seated until uh, following the choral benediction, and the choir has recessed out, and then you will be dismissed. As you go from this place, know that the grace of God is upon you, that he has claimed you as his own, that he has invited us all into communion with him and into community with one another to encourage one another in our faith and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Go in his name, in the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.